Hey guys, Kyle back with Kyle Burrell's unedited podcast, episode number 85, I believe. Yeah, 85. So, uh, really just got five topics together that I think I can go a little bit in depth about. Um, big topics. Uh, we're going to kick it off with P- Paul Fury reactions. Um, we'll go how I scored it. Should there be an immediate rematch? And how could that go? What would it look like? Um, then we're going to get into my second college basketball seed rankings. These will be as of... Zero February twenty eighth, twenty twenty three. So I did. Uh, this was about midday today. These are not including any games that happen the night of February twenty eighth. These are my seed rankings going into February twenty eighth. I always do them anywhere from Monday night to Tuesday midday, and I don't go off what happens. You know, because obviously this is going to come out. This will come out. This will be done before these games happen. So those will, remember, it's going to be back till Monday, basically. The Monday night games did count for me on this. Um, <clears throat> then we're going to get into how I think the seeding will be in each conference come years in for the NBA. Also, as of early this morning, not counting the NBA games tonight. Obviously, LeBron getting hurt. We'll talk a little bit about that when we get into it. Um, we can check the Lakers score real quick. I believe they're playing right now. Again, the Lakers' goal now, it was obviously the sixth seed before. The goal should be getting the play-in, and hopefully LeBron is healthy by the time the play-in happens and you have a chance to get into the playoffs. That should be the goal. But I do uh, I do not agree with most of what people are saying about the Lakers, that their season is over. I completely disagree. If we, don't, if we, if we remember, Anthony Davis did, had a really good run early in the year, and the Lakers were winning games, and that was with a much worse roster, right? His roster is way better now. Um, I don't know if D'Lo is playing tonight, but I know this roster is much better now. It's deeper. They can withstand these last 20 games to get into the play-in without LeBron, and I believe they will. They also have one of the easier schedules remaining. I believe it was after the All-Star break, it was the seventh or sixth easiest schedule in basketball. So that's going to obviously help. They're down three right now, so they're playing tight with Memphis, who is a two-seed. But yeah, we'll get into that more when we get to that. Then I'm going to get into my 6.5 2023 NFL mock. We'll have a couple of trades, a couple of different scenarios. Kind of want to mix up the mocks, like I said. You know, you're doing so many. We're almost, you know, we're about two and a no, we're almost exactly two months. We're about about seven weeks away from the NFL draft. That's a huge one. I'm, I might be up in, I might be trying to get to Kansas City for it to go. Honestly, I'd say Kansas City. I live about three and a half hours from KC. That'd be really cool, honestly, to go up there. You know, that that week, maybe do a podcast uh, the night before. Um, have my full final mock draft and maybe attend the draft or at least just be up there for it around be kind of cool i know the kc is a fun place for that type of stuff uh they really get into their sports up there so um yeah i definitely would love to try to get up there though um and then finish it off is easy got to ufc 285 we're going to preview the main fights there's about 10 of them i think we're picking from it is one of the best cards on paper of all time in my opinion uh i think if you look at i guess I just want to make sure I'm right on these prelims. I believe if you took these prelims, all right, let's say Jones and Gone were still the main event, correct? Those guys were the main event. And you took the four prelim fights that were that are on the prelims, you would say still it's not good for pay-per-view, but it's not god it's goddamn it's not terrible. Um it's such a good card. This would be this prelim would be these prelims would be the best fight night you could ask for. 
uh, be the best fight night UFC could put on, and they're on the prelims, and the main card is so I can't get over these fights this weekend. Don't ask me what I'm doing Saturday night, because it'll be watching UFC 285 um, from start to goddamn finish, even the early prelims. We'll go, so there's, there's five fights in the main card. We're picking all those for fan fight picks. There are four fights on the prelims. We'll be picking from those, and then we're picking the main event of the early prelims also. Um... And we really could pick one of the other ones, the women's fight that's on the early prelims, Penne and uh, Tabitha Ricci. But I, I want to stick to 10 as the max. I think the most we've done is 10. We don't need to go that. We don't need to go farther than that. But we're going to get into that at the end, preview the card. We'll go through the fights. Uh, main card will break down a little bit, ways to win. Then I'll give my predictions right now. Again, these usually if I give my prediction on the Tuesday, I'm probably set on those. Some could change. By, we do fan fight picks usually Friday night is when I get them in. Um, and then we'll take a look at odds too, but yeah, this, this will be a good pod. So let's start with Fury and, uh, Fury and Paul. So I, uh, I did rewatch, uh, I did rewatch it. Um, I don't get why people thought it was like a terrible, a bad fight. I, I read some people thought it was a bad fight. I don't think people understand. Y- yeah, it, it has hype, but it has hype for, these are two guys that are young, young professional boxers, six and eight. No, they 14 fights combined in pro, in pro boxing. And I, I, I understand people were celebrating Jake Paul's loss because, you know, people just, you know, he kind of came in, turned the world on its head with boxing. He became one of the biggest stars in the sport. Whether people like it or not, Jake Paul is one of the biggest stars in boxing, plain and simple. Uh, the $30 million guaranteed paycheck would uh, would vouch for my for my believing that, you know. And I'm interested in the pay-per-view buys. He can make upwards of $50, 60000000 million on this fight, right? I mean, him and Tommy are going to get pay-per-view points, and I'm sure Jake gets way more of the pay-per-view percentage than Tommy because I know Tommy's a good name. Jake's a bigger name, though. Um, but I do think Jake needed Tommy because I think his his run of fighting mixed martial artists was running a little bit stale. And I think this was just a good idea to add this in. Um, and I will say Tommy Fury is a lot better boxer than I thought he was. Thought he was. He's, he's still a good boxer. He has a future in this sport. He has a mean jab. That dude has an, and I said that before the fight. His jab is his best punch. Um, and Jake really here's the here's the issue that Jake has to fix. And we're gonna get into that. Here, I'll do my scorecards, and then we'll get into what Jake needs to fix. Also going into the rematch, because I do believe that happens right away. We're in February. I'm guessing a June July. I think Jake needs more time because I think he needs to prepare differently, and I think he knows that now. Um, so I'm gonna say June or July will be the. Uh, will be when the rematch happens. Um, and no doubt it's happening. It, it will happen. The fight was good enough. And I don't get what people thought he... Did Jake lose? I clearly thought he lost. Clearly thought he lost. At the end of the fight, I said, I think Tommy Fury won. I don't think Jake was far off, though, from making adjustments to win that fight. And that's why I think he cannot... He'll, we'll get into that, though. So I had it 5-3 for Tommy. I had Jake winning the two rounds that he got 10-8s in. And then I had him winning round three. So two 10-8s for Paul, one for Fury. So my final f- scorecard, five rounds to three, but two 10-8s for Jake made it closer. Only one for Tommy. Obviously, two, two of the three 10-8s were by point deduction, which was just ridiculous. Um, the ref was abysmal, by the way. Final scorecard, 75-74 Fury. I do not think the seven. I think the 76-73 is very fair. I, I, won't, I won't disagree with anyone that had it six rounds to two if they gave that round three to Fury. I thought round three was a pretty good round for Jake, though. I thought he did well. Um... But if you had it six rounds to two, giving Jake his only two rounds were 10-8s, the two 10-8 rounds, I agree. I, I, I'm not going to say I agree, but I think that's fair, and I'm not going to disagree or argue with you. 
that that was the case. I did have Tommy Fury winning 75-74 on my scorecard. I thought, you know, even with Jake with the knockdown, the only way I thought that, you know, Jake, maybe the knockdown won in the fight is if the judges were fucking looking to be a little screwy or a little, or they're hedging towards wanting Jake to win. That's the only reason I thought that maybe Jake stole, stole it in that last round with the knockdown. But I thought the fair, the fair winner was Tommy Fury. He was the better boxer on the night. He had a better game plan, in my opinion. Um, so let's get into what I th- reason I thought Jake lost. Volume, pure volume. I think Tommy threw almost over 200 more punches than Jake. So I listened to uh, Luke Thomas. Uh, he's on Morning Combat, a uh, big uh, combat sports podcast I watched with him and uh, Brian Campbell. And he said, Jake Paul has fought MMA fighters in boxing. They're not known for volume, right? MMA fighters probably as boxers aren't known for volume. Um, so he could get away with picking his shots and being and not throwing a lot of punches against MMA fighters. This time he fought a traditional boxer. Boxers are going to have heavy volume um, in their fights. You know, if you're if you're gonna you're gonna throw a lot of punches, yeah, right? Jake only threw. Now Jake said he had he had an, he had an arm injury. Could that have been the case? Sure. But I also do agree with Luke Thomas that it was a little bit of he's fought in only MMA fighters, and so he doesn't have to worry about a guy that is having a lot of volume against him like Tommy Fury had. And I think that threw Jake off a little, and that's where Jake's going to have to watch the tape, which he will. He's a smart guy. People can call Jake Paul all he wants. We heard Tommy Fury's dad and Tyson Fury speak. Jake is a legit boxer, and they said Jake gave Tommy a hell of a better fight than they thought that he would. That Jake Paul is a boxer. And he is a boxer. He went eight rounds with a, bo- with a boxer. And again, I didn't think Tommy was going to be as good as he was. Tommy is a little better. Is, not a little. Tommy is better than I thought. He's still, obviously, ways away from competing for world titles. But as a prospect, Tommy Fury is good. He is good. No doubt. Um, but Jake's going to watch that and realize, man, I can't let... he. I mean, almost 200 more punches. That's right. You can't, I, you can't have that in a boxing match. Let me go drink real quick. You just can't have that in a boxing match. You can't have a guy, you can't, the guy that's going to throw 200 more punches is probably going to win, right? And outlanded him almost two to one. Um, Jake did land, I think, a couple, uh, probably more of the shots. Tommy had a big uppercut, but Jake's left hand was, Jake has a really good jab and he doesn't use it enough. You realize that, and that, that speaks into the volume. He can get away with pop shot in the jab. One time against an MMA fighter, not against Tommy. You got to you got to use that jab. Jake has a good jab, and he has a good left hook. He he hurt. He caught Tommy a couple times with a left hook. Um, and then the the step the Tommy walking in the step in jab by Jake is what dropped him. I people can say it slipped. No no no. That jab caught him. That jab caught him, and it was a knock. It was a clean knockdown. So should there be an immediate rematch? Absolutely. If you're Jake Paul, I think you do it. And here's the reason why. Jake Paul is in a fine position. I think the KSA fight, the KSI fight, will happen no matter what happens in the rematch, because I think KSI is on a journey here. He wants to beat both of them. He said that from the get go. I want to beat. I beat Logan. I want to beat Jake. And Jake has said, "I want to revenge that loss for my brother. I want to beat KSI." If Jake beats Tommy Fury in the rematch and beats the professional boxer, right? That you know, everyone said he had to face. Well, then that just makes KSI fight even bigger. And now, if he, what if he loses again and, they st- and he fights KSI? Now everyone's going to be doubting Jake. And I'll tell you right now, whether Jake beats Tommy or loses to Tommy in the rematch, 
he will fuck up KSI. Jake Paul is a good boxer. KSI is not. That is just the truth. If KSI fought Tommy Fury the way I've seen KSI fight, Tommy Fury would fucking murder him. Murder. KSI is not on Jake Paul's level. And now, because Jake Paul lost to Tommy Fury, an undefeated boxer, an undefeated prospect, now everyone thinks that KSI is better. What a joke. KSI is not better than Jake Paul. Jake Paul, I th- he fought well. He took some big punches in that fight too. G- guy's got a chin, an absolute chin. Uh, but yes, uh, there should be a rematch. How can it go? I don't know. I think Tommy uh, is, is who he is. We saw what Tommy is. I think the only guy that has more... Obviously, Tommy could potentially get a finish, and that would be the improvement. The guy who has the room for most improvement, though, and most growth between now and the rematch is Jake Paul. He's got to know, I have to throw more. I can't just sit there and let Tommy throw ten, eight, six, eight-punch combinations, and I'm throwing one-twos or just a jab, or just a left hook, just a right hand, and that's it. I'm going to lose if I do that. Because we see t- Tommy has a chin, too. Tommy, Tommy took two big... Big left hooks from Jake. And then the step-in jab. Now, the step-in jab obviously didn't rock him. It was more of a flash knockdown. It wasn't like he was wobbled or it was an equilibrium shot to where he was dazed. It wasn't anything like that. How could it go? It could go It could go the same way the first fight went, where Tommy just outboxes him and wins on the scorecards. I don't think Tommy can finish Jake Paul. I think Jake Paul, with a better game plan and throwing better combinations, could get Tommy Fury out of there or could compete to where the fight is a lot closer because Jake is throwing more and throwing just a lot more combinations and a lot more punches at Tommy. That's where I think it could be different. Um, if, I had to, if I had to put my money down right now on who would win, I would go Jake Paul. And now you're going to call me crazy that what well, we just saw him get outboxed, right? The only two rounds he won, he won because of a knockdown and he won because of a point deduction. Correct. Again, Jake Paul, I'm not going to say he was injured. If he was injured, then he definitely has room to then he definitely has room to be better in the next fight if he was injured. Um both gas tanks were pretty good. I didn't think anybody got really tired. I think Tommy had I think Tommy had one round where he looked a little bit like I'm taking it off. Jake did have a round, I think round, you know, round 7. You know, I think he had that round where he was like, "Man, I kind of taking this one off." Um he was a little tired, but both guys' gas tank was pretty well. But I'm excited for the rematch. I thought the fight was fantastic. For two for two prospects fighting, I thought it was good. Two prospects headlined a pay-per-view, the main event of a pay-per-view. I thought it was a good I thought it was a pretty damn good fight. But yeah, it was a good fight, and I hope the rematch does happen. I think it will. Jake wants it. Jake's gonna want that fight back because he's gonna watch tape and know I did not fight as well as I could have. And I truly don't know if Tommy can do more to Jake, except if he one punch knocked him out. Because I don't think Tommy has the power to like knock to like finish Jake Paul. Maybe if he catches him clean, he could it could happen, but Jake's got such a chin. I think Tommy, the way he wins is by what he did in the first fight. I think Jake Paul can make a lot of adjustments to where he could win a decision or he could finish him. Alright. So after Paul Fury, actually we're getting to my college basketball seed rankings as of member. As of this morning, basically. I'm not counting the games that are going on right now. My ones, I still have Kansas as the overall number one seed in college basketball. They have 15 quadrant one wins. I understand Houston has two losses. Can we? I wonder if we can find this. 
most quad one wins 2023. So this season, most quadrant one wins. All right, the Big 12 leads it, of course, though, because the Big 12 is the best conference in basketball. Um, Kansas is... So KU is... What is their overall record? So here we go. Three... Nine. So they're twenty-four and five, correct? Twenty-four and five. So they played twenty-nine games. They've played twenty in quadrant one. They're fifteen and five in those games. Fifteen and five. Okay, let's scroll down. Let's see if we can find Houston. Houston has four quadrant one wins. Right? They have uh they play in the American Athletic. Do they deserve a one seed? Absolutely. Do they deserve to be over Kansas? Absolutely not. Houston Cougars basketball schedule. Oh, fucking hell. Buddy knows. Hold on. We're good. Buddy knows in the middle of a pod. What do you know? It's dry out there. Just roll this up and put some on my nose. Okay, so let's go to Houston's. Let's go to Houston's schedule. Let's see who they're... I would... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess. I, you can probably... We can probably find out who their quad one wins are, I'm sure. I'm guessing all of them are in the non-conference because I think... What the o- maybe the only quad one win is Memphis, if I would guess. So let's look. Nope. Okay, so St. Mary's they beat by five. That is definitely a quad one win. Their quad one loss was Alabama. Their next quad one they beat Virginia. That's a quad one win. So that's two. So if they played Memphis, is Memphis is Cincinnati considered quad one two? I guess it might be Cincinnati and Memphis. Have they they played Memphis. They beat them. Who would their other – so it's not Cincinnati if they have four because they beat in Cincinnati – or did they lose Cincinnati? No, they beat them. So it has to be Memphis, which they did win. So who would their other quad one one be? Oral Roberts? No, it can't be Oral Roberts. Can we go – that's interesting. I don't know who their – you can't even look. It doesn't say who their quad one wins are. I don't know by their schedule who their four quad one wins would be. I would just Houston, Houston Cougars men's basketball quad one wins. So here we go. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Their quad. So Oregon is considered a quad one win, really. And UCF on the road is considered a quad one win. They are. They have eight quad two wins. Um, so UCF away from home is considered a quad. I thought it was top 70. They're 71. So at Virginia, yes. Neutral, St. Mary's, yes. Oregon away, I guess, whatever. And then UCF. Okay, so their quad wins aren't great. Let's go through, let's go through Kansas. I understand. They have 15 quad wins. Yes, yes. So let's go through Kansas quad one wins, okay? Duke. North Carolina State, they lost to Tennessee, Missouri, Indiana, uh, Tech, West Virginia. Is everyone in the Big 12? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, beat Iowa State, lost to K-State, lost to TCU, lost to Baylor. Lost to Iowa State. Those are five. Those are their five quad one losses. Then they have also beat Kentucky, Kansas State, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, at TCU, West Virginia. 
and now they f- I don't so is Tech no. Okay, no, Tech at home is not going to be a quad one win. So they have one more chance for a 16, and that's at Texas. That would be a quad one win at Texas. Um, so, yeah, that's where I think Kansas is the number one overall seed in basketball. Houston, number two for me. Alabama, Purdue to round it out. You could argue UCLA over Purdue, I think. I have UCLA as my top two. Then I go Baylor, Texas, Kansas State. The threes, Marquette, Arizona, Tennessee, Gonzaga. Fours, Virginia, UConn, Indiana, Miami. Fives, Xavier, St. Mary's, Providence, Northwestern. Sixes, Creighton, TCU, A&M, San Diego State. I don't, well, it could happen. KU prob- possibly could get one, but I'm guessing they'll try to give a UCLA. But KU could get uh, K-State as their two. They would then have possibly Gonzaga, Miami, Northwestern, San Diego State in theirs. So those are my seed rankings. So let's get into how I think uh, the seeding will be for each conference come year's end as of this morning in the NBA. In the East, at one, I do think the Celtics will figure out a way to get the one. Uh, Milwaukee at two. Sixers at three. I think that's clear. One, two, three. Uh, I'm going Cavs and Knicks, four, five. I think that'll stay. They could flip-flop, but I'm going to go Cavs over them. I'm going to go Heat, find their way up to the six. I'm going to go Hawks to seven. Nets going down to eight. Um, Bulls at nine. Raptors at 10, leaving the Wizards to miss the playoffs, along with the Pacers at 12. Magic at 13. Hornets at 14. And Pistons at 15. Let me get a drink. In the West, Nuggets 1, Grizzlies 2, Kings 3, Suns 4, Clippers 5, Warriors 6. So those are the teams I think will get locked into the playoffs. I have the Lakers at 7, Mavs at 8. I don't think it matters. I think those will be the 7-8. I think Wolves and Blazers will be the 9-10. Pelicans missing the playoffs at 11. I don't think Zion's going to play this year. Again, uh, Jazz at 12, Thunder at 13, Rockets 14. I think the Spurs finish at uh, 15. Spurs are the worst team in basketball, I think, that I've seen. I don't know who. I don't know how you could think anybody else is, is worse than the Spurs. They are very bad. Um, but that's how I think it'll finish out. I don't think I think the Lakers will get in. I, like I said, the LeBron injury sucks. He'll be reevaluated in two weeks. But I don't think the Lakers, with their team right now, which is a very good team in my opinion, will miss the play in. Could they finish ten nine? Surely. I think they will get in though and have a chance no matter what. Truly is what I think about the Lakers. So let's get into my mock draft. So I said that I, I was gonna I was gonna figure out ways to do different scenarios. So I have a couple scenarios that I've done. I'm going to go Stroud is taken, is the fourth quarterback taken in this class. Ra- Raiders get Rodgers and move down. So the Raiders do get Aaron Rodgers and they move down. And then I'll get into the trades when we get there. So still with the first pick though, I'm having the Bears take Jalen Carter. I will probably do one where a scenario where they trade fields and they take a quarterback just for, you know, just for fun. Uh, we'll have them taking Jalen Carter. Like I said, Jalen Carter and Will Anderson, neck and neck. I think if you're smart here, edge rushers are easier to come by than a unbelievable interior defensive lineman like Jalen Carter. Um, Texans at two. I'm going Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. I've heard that they love him, and that's who they would pick if he is there at two. Panthers is a trade. 
Panthers trade Brian Burns and pick nine to the Cardinals for three and a future third. So the Panthers are trading their defensive end Brian Burns, which is what you would probably have. This is what I, I probably would have the Cardinals taking. So they get an edge and they get they get an edge and now they get the ninth pick so they can take a different position. And the Panthers move up to three and get a future third. The Panthers take Anthony Richardson, who I heard they love. They think, and I might be in agreement, he has the most upside in this class, and I would tend to agree. Um, his his arm talent, his athleticism, his speed, um, his strength, it's all about the accuracy. Can you get him accurate? That'll be the big question. Colts at four, Will Levis. Like I said, CJ Shroud's the fourth quarterback taken. So Will Levis to the Colts. Seahawks, they're going to get Will Henderson at five, which would obviously be a goddamn thrill for them if they get Will Henderson at five. Uh, Rams at six go Tyree Wilson to pair with Aiden Hutchinson. Two. Little scrub, little, little uh, coaches, coaches coming out in the core here between NC State and Duke. Good game here. Sorry, though. Uh, so now they pair Tyree Wilson and Aiden Hutchinson as their edge rushers for the future. Um, Redskins, oh, trade. Redskins trade up. Raiders trade seven to the Redskins for 16, a future second, and the Raiders get Montez Sweat. The Redskins then draft C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. Obviously, Carson Wentz was cut. They do like Sam Howell, not love. Falcons at eight get Miles Murphy, the edge out of Clemson. Big need. So here's the Cardinals who moved down. They now get they they got their edge. They traded they traded for an edge. They got Burns. Now you can address secondary. Byron Murphy's a free agent. They go ahead and get Devon Witherspoon, cornerback out of Illinois. Eagles at ten. I got them going. Bijan Robinson, the running back out of Texas. I have a feeling that Miles Sanders and Boston Scott will not be resigned. So you have Bijan and Kenneth Gainwell going in the next year. Titans at eleven. Obviously, cut Taylor Lewan. They're going Paris Johnson Jr., the offensive tackle out of Ohio State. Texans, I'm hearing a lot. The Texans love Quentin Johnston. I have him going here at 12, wide receiver to TCU to Houston. 13, the Jets. They go Peter Skaronsky. This has kind of been what I've been mocking, really, Broderick Jones or Skaronsky here uh, to the Jets. 14, Patriots. You could easily argue wide receiver. I don't think Bill Belichick would pass up on drafting Christian Gonzalez to the corner out of Oregon. 15, Green Bay. Obviously, no Aaron Rodgers. Maybe they'll help Jordan Love with some weapons, though. They never did it for Rodgers in the first round, but I have them doing it here. Jordan Addison, wide receiver at USC. Raiders at 16. They got their edge, right? They got their edge. They got a future second, and now here they're going to help Aaron Rodgers on the O-line. Uh, Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle out of Georgia. Steelers at 17. They take Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback out of Penn State. Uh, Lions here at 18, different mock here at 18. They obviously took Tyree Wilson. I actually haven't picked a tight end. I'm going Michael Mayer, the tight end of Notre Dame here to the Lions. Buccaneers, I'm going Lucas Van Ness, the edge slash interior D lineman out of Iowa. Seattle, Osiris Torrance, the interior O lineman out of Florida. Ravens, they go ahead and get Jackson Smith and Jig by the wide receiver at Ohio State, who I think is the best receiver in the class. Right after that, though, the Chargers go Zay Flowers, wide receiver out of Boston College. Vikings go Cam Smith, corner out of South Carolina at 23. At 24, Jacksonville goes Anton Harrison, the tackle out of Oklahoma. <coughs> 25, Giants go Trenton Simpson, interior linebacker out of Clemson. Cowboys at 26 take Jalen Hyatt, the deep ball man, wide receiver out of Tennessee. 
Bills at 27 go Brian Branch, the safety out of Alabama. First time I've had this, two tight ends in my first round. Bengals go Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah. I don't think they'll sign Hayden Hurst with who else they're going to have to pay. Saints go Brian Brisset, interior D-lineman out of Clemson. Boy, is he falling. I used to have him anywhere from four to eight. He's falling. Eagles then go Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback out of Mississippi State. And the uh, reigning defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs take Nolan Smith, the edge out of Georgia. So that will be my mock draft. Again, I'm going to try to just each week try to just do a little new something in there and uh, have different scenarios going on. Like I said, we'll do maybe Fields uh, gets traded and the Bears want to take a quarterback that they like better. Maybe they love Bryce Young and they go ahead and trade Justin Fields. What team could go get Justin Fields? You know, that'll be fun to do. We'll definitely do that at some point and more scenarios going forward. But let's get into UFC 285, man. Um, excited for this card. Um, boy, what a card. Uh, we'll start with we'll start with uh, we'll start with the uh, the prelims and we'll work our way up. So the main the main event of the early prelims it will be Ian Gary, the the brat, the Irishman, ten and zero, really good young talent. How old is he? He's young, right? Yeah, twenty five years old. He's gonna take on Song Kenong, thirty two years old, twelve or he's eighteen and six. Um, lost his last fight via KO. Won his fight before. I mean, he's had it in the UFC. He is four and two. He's lost to Murano and Max Griffin, um, but he is four and two in the UFC. So this isn't this is a decent test here for Ian Gary. I think Ian Gary gets it done. Do I have my predictions? I might have my predictions already put out that I have that just early predictions that I wanted to throw out there. I have Ian Gary via decision. I think it'll be a tough fight for him. First fight on the prelims, Julian Marquez versus um, Marc-Andre Burial. This should be a pretty good fight, honestly. I'm, I'm excited for this fight. I'm really excited for this fight. Um, I think it'll be a knockdown, dog-out war. I got Marquez, though, via finish in round number two. I'm going round two. Round two, KO slash TKO for Julian Marquez. Then we got the Viviana Rajo, Amanda Ebos, trying to, you know, both women trying to get up there in the rankings for a flyweight title shot. Um, I think it'd be a really good fight. I'm going Hebos via decision. It's my early predict or my Tuesday prediction. Oh, and then this fight, co-main event of it's the co-main of the prelims. Derek Brunson versus Drakus Duplessis. Duplessis coming off his biggest one of his career, where he beat uh, Darren Till. Uh, via third round stoppage, I think it was. Um, Brunson coming off a KO loss to Jared Kanier after he had won five in a row. Um, he fought Israel Adesanya. Um, did he fight? No, 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 yeah. He lost Israel Adesanya in 2018, then went on a five fight win streak over Elias Theodore, Ian Heinish, Edmund Shabazian, Kevin Holland, and Darren Till, and then lost to Kanier. Um, Duplessis, uh, he did look good, I thought, against Till. Not the greatest, in my opinion. He, I don't, I'm worried about his gas tank. I know it's only three. I'm actually going, I bet Brunson's, I don't even know the odds. Let me get a quick drink again. I don't even know the odds for this fight. I'm going to guess Brunson's the dog, and I'm going to go upset. I'm going to go Brunson via decision here. Cody Garbrandt in a must-win situation against Trevin Jones, 32 years old. 
He's 13-9 and nine with three straight losses. This is a must-win fight for, uh, for Cody Garbrandt. Um, you know, you look at Cody's run, you know, he won the title against Cruz, lost two straight to Dillashaw, then got, then got finished by Munez, and then he got an amazing finish over Rafael Asuncao, lost the decision to Font, where I thought he looked okay early, and then he got knocked out by, uh, Kaikar France in his flyweight debut, I don't think flyweight was for him at the end of the day, he needs a win, he'll get a win, I'm going Cody Garbrandt via round one knockout. That is the main event of the prelims. Now we get to the main card. Bo Nickel will start the main card against Jamie Pickett. Bo Nickel's technically his first fight in the UFC. I think he's had three pro fights. So he fought on uh, Jorge Masvidal's uh, um, event first uh, in June of 2022 with a KO in 33 seconds. He then fought back-to-back Dana White Contender Series fights, two submission wins in a minute or less. He has not gone past a minute 02 in his career. Um, he's fighting Jamie Pickett, a vet. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, you know, if you would, it's, uh, Jamie Pickett's not, he's okay. He's 13 8. This should not be a, a tough fight, in my opinion, for, um, for old, uh, not old, but for, uh, Bo Nickel. This should not be a tough fight. I'm going Bo Nickel via round one submission. I think he gets this done very quickly. Now, Mateus Gamrot stepping up on late notice to fight Jalen Turner, who was supposed to fight Dan Hooker, who broke his hand. Uh, this is still a bit. This is a. I thought Dan Hooker was the right move for Jalen Turner. I think this is a massive step up for Jalen Turner. Gamrot did just have did just fight a very, in my opinion, close close fight with uh, Benil Dariush, who's one one away from a title shot if he beats Charles Oliveira. Um, I think it's a really good fight. I'm interested to see the odds. Like I said, I didn't want to look at the odds before. I wanted to be surprised on my picks and then what the odds are. I'm going with Gamrot via decision, though. And then Jeff Neal and Shavkat. I don't know how many times I've got to say it. I think Shavkat will be the welterweight champion of the world at some point. Um, Jeff Neal coming off a huge win for him. Um, and a lot of people thought he was not going to win. Most people picked Luke. You know, he, he was 13-2. and two. He was undefeated in the UFC until he lost to Wonderboy and lost to Neil Magny. Kind of just not great performances. Then he got a little, he got an edge on a decision with Ponzinibbio, but then he knocked out Vicente Luque and looked tremendous in his last fight. But he is fighting Shavkat Rachmanov. I'm going Rachmanov via round two submission. Um, and then we get to the title fights Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso. Um, everyone knows Shevchenko, one of the greatest women fighters, just one of the greatest fighters of all time, but definitely top three greatest women fighters of all time. Um, since moving to flyweight, um, Alexa Grasso is 3-0, and and she has looked good. Uh, she got a decision win over Young Kim Ji, decision over Barber, submission over Joanne Calderwood, and then went five rounds in her last fight in the main event and beat Viviana Rajo. What was it? Was Rajo on a winning streak? Mm, she was 3-1 in her last four, and that was a big step up for her, and she, she passed the test of flying colors. I don't think she has much of a chance in this fight, but I'm very interested to see the fight. I got Shevchenko via round two, KO shots TKO. Jones versus Gone. Here we go, man. John Jones, the return off seven fought in four years, moving up to heavyweight to fight. Um, you know, former interim heavyweight champion Cyril Gann, who uh, lost to Ngano but then beat two of Vasa and is now here to fight John Jones for the undisputed title. Well, undisputed, quote unquote. Obviously, I think Ngannou still holds that reign. Um, for at least a year, uh, but 
this is interesting because you know I think uh, I think Gon obviously he wants this on the feet and he wants it at range. Um, he wants to use kicks, everything he can to stay on the outside from Jones, not get in the clinch, not go to the ground with Jones. Um, Jones is going to want to press the action, get in his face, get in the clinch, get it to the ground. And I think John Jones will at some point be able to do that. And I think he will get a win. Uh, round three submission for John Jones for me. So let's look at, let's look, see if we can get the odds here. UFC 285 odds and see how, if I have any, if I have any upsets. I don't know if I do. All right, I might not have any upsets, to be honest. Fan duels will go off of. So uh, we'll scroll down. Ian Gary is a minus 770 favorite um, to Song Kinon's plus 480. I did pick Julian Marquez, who is a plus 126 underdog to Barry Alt's minus 162. Uh, I picked Amanda Hebos, who is a slight minus 128 favorite to Viviana Rajo's plus 100. I, Derek Brunson is the underdog, as I thought, plus 190 to Duplessis, minus 250. Garbrandt, minus 178 to Trevin Jones, plus 138. Bo Nickel, minus 2200 to Jimmy Pickett's, plus 870. This would be one of the biggest odds upset all time if Pickett could do it. Uh, Gamrot is a sizable favorite at minus uh, 245 to Jalen Turner's, plus 185. I think the odds uh, makers are looking what I'm looking at. Huge step up for Jalen Turner. Um, Shavkot, minus 530 to Jeff Neal's, plus 360. Valentina Shevchenko minus 670 to Grosso's plus 430. And John Jones minus 166 to plus 130. Slight favorite. I mean, not slight, but a favorite, but not by much. Um, but yeah, I cannot wait for that that or Saturday night. It's gonna be awesome. You got, you know, of KU hoping to, you know, close out the Big 12 outright. Um on Saturday. Could do it tonight with a win. I don't know. When does Texas play? That's a good question. Texas versus TCU basketball. So they play tomorrow at 8. So KU, uh, if KU wins tonight, they will hoist the Big 12 trophy up because they will guarantee a share of the Big 12 title. Um, if Texas wins against TCU and then beats KU, they will tie with KU. If they were to lose tonight, KU would then have it outright. If Texas were to win tonight but lose to KU Saturday, KU would still have it outright. Um, but yeah, those it'll be a good Saturday. KU's on about three. Right after that, we'll get into the prelims basically for UFC 285. I cannot wait. Um, we obviously didn't have a KB in the boys episode um, last week. Let's see. Uh, Holmberg stays at the top. He went one and two. He's fifteen and nine. I also went one and two. I'm fourteen and ten. Schmidt at twelve and twelve. At two, he went two and one. Carter went three and zero. He's eleven and thirteen. Nick went one and two. He's at eight and sixteen. Should definitely have a pod Friday, Friday night, um, or Saturday morning. Hopefully, we'll have one this week. But that was a non episode. Um, but yeah, we'll be back uh, Friday or Saturday morning with KB and the boys. But again, I would recommend watching UFC two eighty five. But thank you guys for listening. Peace.